Live from the continent of Europe, home to 44 different countries and enormous opportunities, this is the Financial Independence Europe podcast, the show where you will learn how to optimize your life and all the top financial hacks of this world. This was your host, Salvador Matias. Hi, I'm Matthias. Together with my co-host Alba, I'm interviewing Barbara Lampel today. Like me, she is living in Cologne, Germany. She is also a successful coach with her business called Empathic Business, which is for people who want to set up their own business. And she helps them, especially with marketing and driving sales. Today, we also want to discover her perspective on financial independence as a business owner and how she made it to become a top influencer for digital financial technologies. And we also want to discover why she started running a lean-in circle for women who want to become more successful. Of course, we also ask if she's already FI. So hope you enjoy the show. So welcome, Barbara, to our little tiny Europe podcast um, for the financial independence Europe. And um, today we want to talk about financial independence, about your situation on that, what you think about financial independence and so on. So first of all, uh, I would like to ask you, what is your understanding of FI? My understanding, um, I think, first of all, it's changed over the years. <laughs> I think that's one of the, the, the biggest things. It really changed over the years what financial independence means for me. Um, but mainly it is, um, first of all, a state of mind to feel free, um, whatever you can want to do and can do, and backing it up with the financial capacity to have it. And what changed over the years, kind of a little experimental part I did some, um, some time back is, that um that I changed the number pointed to it what independent financial independence mean to me. So I'm not one of the minimalistic style girls. <laughs> That's not my world. So the number got a little bit bigger what it means to be really to feeling free independently and to know what number it is at the end of the month to go with it. So but at end, and the end point is to for me financial independence mean I can make a decision based really on what I want um without really have to think about the financial number in mind. So that's what financial dependence means to me. All right. Have you calculated when you uh, will become financial independent or are you already financial independent? <laughs> It depends on how you define financial independence, where the sources of income come, because I'm, I have my own business, of course. That's kind of one thing which means financial independence for mm -hmm. me. Um, but if you mean like if I have the capital to totally finance without the income of my um, company, no, that's not the point. So if you think about financial independence as um, working for yourself, <laughs> then mm -hmm. I'm already there. <laughs> if it's meaning total backed up by capital, no, it isn't. Yeah, but working for yourself, it's also kind of independence, but also yeah. responsibility, of course. Uh, yeah. uh, for me, it means uh, just that you can cover all the necessary costs uh, you have in the, in the months. Maybe not like driving a Porsche or 
Uh, yeah. If I would downsize, I think um, um, I'm always have um, I have a quite good backup where I know I'm always can go with a full scaled business with all employees and all stuff fixed at least for three months without any kind of income. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if I would downsize, I think I would go can go for a year with it. So that's where I always know I'm at it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's um, over the I think a little bit it's a little bit more over the time going growing. I think I can go with downside I think probably two years <laughs> oh, <that's good>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Barbara I would, I would also like to ask um, can you uh, sort of summarize your strategy towards um, financial independence for us what kind of vehicles do you use to invest besides your business um, yeah what is your mindset on that um, first of all, it was just like starting out. Financial independence was starting out with that. Just get a job after university was, of course, high paying. Um, but the first move was to get more independence was to found my own company back in 2007. And on the other hand, because I'm coming out of asset management, of course, there was always building up capital. So I'm really hardcore on the asset management portfolio building side. So that's just like plain, really standard, simple portfolio theory I put into that. And then over the years, um, just try to develop different sources of um, capital distribution and different sources of capital um, income. So if you look at the moment, there is, of course, still the biggest one is my is my own company. But there are also like portfolio components. And on the long run, there's also going to be out of real estate and stuff. So I'm really just if you would look at from a classical standpoint, or classical um, portfolio theory approach and building it up and mainly by working for money and saving it. <laughs> very old school (laughs) that's really old uh, old school but also kind of uh, diversified across let's say three assets or uh, streams like business real estate and ETFs or Uh, my portfolio consists of many many things Um, my my main portfolio um, I build just a classical core satellite portfolio um, in ETFs and equity Um, there are but also like cryptocurrency stuff there is commodities in it and if I have the time I'm trading there's also a little bit of that can can I say the effort so there's fuck you money of course in it and playing money (laughs) (laughs) and that's all like the different resources there is and there of course like the biggest part one of the biggest components of course is like the 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 f money so that you can decide whatever you want to do so that's one part those cash components classical core satellite strategy built up in my portfolio uh, that sounds (laughs) like a good uh, pillow you can uh, yeah rely on Um, then you you um, also you you got your business and your business consists I think from my perspective I'm following you I'm Hmm. following you on Facebook uh, which uh, I think you're doing a great job in in growing your Facebook audience and so on so we can learn a lot from it I would Mm -hmm. say and um so you have two parts like coaching. Uh, so you're coaching the coaches like um, that you have maybe somebody who wants to be a coach in couple therapy or in um, maybe animal coaching or whatever. <laughs> um, and then you on the other side, you have this fintech influencer thing. So I think you are in the, in the top score of the female influencer. And um, then I was thinking about... Um, that you're 
I think your career in, in asset management is yeah. quite a bit in the past. And then yeah. uh, we met also in the FinTech um, uh, conference and also mm -hmm. in, uh, you have been in, in, in my FinTech meetups. Yeah. And But now, nowadays, I think you, do you have anything, any company or any, do you do, what do you have to do with FinTech right now uh, except uh, speaking with it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's also a third part in it and it's, um, I have uh, there's one part it's I'm always not telling it's not only coaching I'm a consultant I'm not a really coach because I'm doing the business part so mm -hmm. the, my main business is I try to help people to earn money so how all the sales and business strategy side is what I do mainly in my business so empathic business that does that mostly then there's the part where you are that with fintech um, yeah I'm one of the top uh, three fintech in female fintech influencers what I'm doing there at the moment is um, I'm consulting some startups I'm sitting on I'm talking about getting on board in the board of one startup and um, also did um, uh, some investments in fintech not biggest mm -hmm. not big ones I'm not really like I don't want to call myself a business angel because the money I put in there is not that big mm -hmm. um, but also did that And um, I'm also um, consulting, so like, it's not really consulting because I'm not getting paid for fintechs, which is, so the second part of it is I'm, um, I studied math, so I'm a little data geek, and I also have, uh, um, doing some lectures and stuff at different universities for that. So I'm building up another, um, it's kind of a mixture of fintech, legal tech, rec tech, I, we don't know what it's going to be in the end, startup um, with all the data and fintech stuff. So I'm back again to building another company company also because I cannot leave it alone. Funding uh, companies is too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Well, Barbara, you sound like somebody who is like busy with every possible industry you can imagine. Are you just mainly focusing on startups and small and medium enterprises? then or also like larger companies um, um, that's um, um, at the moment I'm um, with everything I do I'm focusing on the small um, so SMEs mainly because like um, larger companies normally have very different approaches to earning money and what I'm developed over the years how money's earned companies is very humanized um, um, thing and all the data stuff is for larger companies you have a, have to have a much more bigger consulting company than I am have at the moment <laughs> So I'm focusing mainly on the, the smaller ones, but that doesn't mean that I'm sometimes not also working for quite big companies, but that's mainly um, where I'm heading. It's I love the, all that um, really companies who are built up by people and sometimes over generations that um, that's kind of a, a concept. I'm, I'm, and sometimes I'm really thinking I'm very conservative and old school on that, but I think of um, building um, companies and earning a whole family income, stuff like that. I really like that idea. And that wow. not only for one generation, but for generations to come. <laughs> uh, where do you find the um, where do you find the um, uh, startups you you're investing in? Is it like a crowd investing platform, or are you in a, in a meetup and you meet somebody who asks you, "Do you want to invest?" Or what's what are your sources of? Um, normally, it's meetups, and also due to that fintech influencer status, you get quite a lot of um, people to recommend some stuff, and also um, I'm have um, other investors who like um, calling me up if they do something I'm like and you have a little bit of share of it I'm quite I'm quite a 
old. If you think about startups, I'm sometimes I'm feeling like I'm, I'm the grandmother of that. But I have very old connections running sometimes. So if an investor I know is doing something and tells me, hey, that looks good, you can have a look too or other way around. And I sometimes can join in them. But mainly it comes like of all the social media you get, a hell of a lot of propositions if somebody knows that you're even just investing, I don't know, really low money in it. And then you um, can help them build something a little bit up. So it's mainly um, over meetups and social media and also if other investors think about me that they would be interested um, because I probably helped them out in the years before, then that's normally how I get my investments. Well, have you also taken a part in N26? Uh, no, no, I didn't have a pair upon that. I knew about them, but the initial investments was um, way up of my league. So no, sorry, not. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right, um, then <laughs> uh, I would uh, like to go to the feminism part. And uh, yeah, um, of course, <laughs> and this is really important. And uh, I hope I have some background in it. Um, so first of all, I would like to know, um, when did you start out with these uh, with the lean in um, meetups mm. or lean in? Circles. 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 Uh, in, in Cologne. And um, have you read the book? Uh, of course, you have read the book from yeah. um, the Facebook CEO. Yeah. Um, and um, when did you start uh, doing that? Um, I started out quite after the book came out. So Sheryl Sandberg wrote it in 2013. And uh, due to, I don't have a clue why, the Time magazine, which featured the book in it, was lying around at my parents' home. And uh, on the cover, it was she in a really, she looked amazing on that cover. And the headline was, don't hate it because she's successful. And that kind of stuck with me. <laughs> and um, then I read the book. Um, and I thought, um, I, was, I was already um, quite into all that. Um, even I'm not quite sure if I would have called myself in like in the early 2000s a feminist, but I always was into, hey, come on, encourage men and we can do better than the generations before. And I thought the idea that somebody is so prominent as her and with all the capacities and resources she has still has so many um, hands on and telling her story in, her, in a really vulnerable way. I really like that. And then I started wanted to join a circle. And as it sometimes goes, there wasn't a circle in Germany. Um, and I started one of the first, I really started the first circle in, um, in Germany. So I founded um, Lean in Cologne back in, I think, June or July 2013. And we had our first physical offline meetup back in, must be September or October. So then, since then, there is the uh, Lean in Circle Cologne and also the big Lean in Germany, which I founded over the years. So um, I'm one of of the lean in regional heads of um, stuff and also Metro Sandberg last year. I'm getting to meet her again that year in August. Um, all right. <laughs> um, so sometimes in Germany, um, the meetups are, we are late adopters in, uh, in Germany yeah. sometimes, and we need some time to establish this also in our country. Um, yeah. Um, and my thought was when uh, now the, the movement of feminism and mm -hmm. it's all over, um, it's getting more popular and popular and yeah. there are many groups for women like uh, women career and uh, women, uh, women for everything and boss yeah. ladies. <laughs> there was um, a hell lot of it. Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, that's, I mean, that's good. It's, it's educating girls um, to get a self-fulfilling life like, and equal money mm. and they can learn a lot of uh, things but um, how is that 
affecting men in the end um, when we have all these successful women and what what things do you think a man has to learn or um, yeah will change with them in the future um, I think my my thing about feminism is it's not against man. It's just like I think the feminism I'm standing for is not um, I'm not man bashing anything because that I, I I don't understand that approach to be honest um, because it's like not that it's um, against. I'm always thinking about it's for something because if you look at the plain facts, I'm also white and privileged. So get let be honest, I'm as nearly as privileged, especially in Germany, as any kind of male. So I just have like the rest female component. Um, I think what is going and I think the discussion we have is quite good and all the movement is good. Um, not so good because sometimes it's frightening for like everybody and frightening for men too. Um, and I can understand it a little bit because like it's a, it's a, it's a thin line, it's a razor blade line from going, doing something together to going into bashing someone. Um, but what I, and so I'm always hoping for that um, every man around understand that it's going to be um, feminism for me means a better world for everybody. I'm, as I said, white and privileged. My fight for myself went down a long time ago. I don't have to fight for myself. I fight for the others who don't have a voice, who are not in the position to fight for themselves. And that's where I think I'm, I'm kind of connecting with the man also around me because that's where we're going. Um, and I think feminism, if I'm talking um, also with my guy friends, it's like you can have a change in your lifestyle too because if we move all one notch up, so it's like everybody can be successful and have a fulfilling life, it also means a peace of mind that that man don't have to be like the whole bread earning, bringing home the cash and also can like, okay, I'm staying, I'm going to do a staying at home dad or just work part-time like 20 hours a week. I think that would be a cool position. Like in the end, my idea of feminism is that everybody who wants to have a lifestyle, no matter being bound by boundaries, the society tells us, no, you're a man. You have to earn 150,000 a year, build a house and have 2.5 kids and you're the one responsible for the finance. Um, I think that's where we should go, that we should go to see it as a whole approach that everybody can profit from it. it even if it means that one family stays like in the most conservative way, but kind of the idea of a based, really conscious decision. So another version of, if you think of, um, not just uh, like from a female, you have to be like the home stay-at-home mom and he has to have the bread, winner, uh, bread earner and then you can mix it up. I think that's where we have to go. And I think that's why I always try to encourage all the males around me to join in that because it will give everybody another piece of freedom, another approach that probably wouldn't have been so easy 20 years ago. Well, Barbara, um, really interesting philosophy on it. Um, just uh, to give another twist on that, do you at a moment view um, that society sees men and women as equal? And mm. what are the biggest differences at a moment still there, if, if you see there, if you think there's still a gap? 
there is still a gap. Okay, we have like the 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 gap we're just normally talking about, like equal pay. Um, we have the gap in really in finance. There's just um uh, just coming out um how um the difference in like really in capital is it's enormous how the difference there is, and also we have kind of equality, but we're living not in a real equality based on both sides. You don't have like the equality you you have to have thick skin as a woman to be successful and you have to have thick skin as a man to say I go part time and take care of the kids that's not equality <laughs> so so there is and also I think which is always a different point it's not about that um, man should be like woman and woman should be like man we're all different in every kind of way and but the idea behind this I don't really um, to be honest um, I had to learn the concept of male and female because that's not my how my brain did work mm-hmm. and um, to get an understanding that um, that there is of course because like on a different we're three people in here um, all interested in the, uh, in the topic of financial independency and we all have a different approach so three different people yeah. and I think that's the chain with okay and then gender you just have two or probably three or four we're not quite sure where we end in the way of that <laughs> but we're all different on that way and but it should be um, a chance of equality to, to in resources and um, chances on living your life so that's that's and I think that's where the equality is not showing at the moment. Okay, Barbara. So, if I understand you correctly, then as well, it's um, on paper everybody can be equal at the moment, yeah. but practically speaking, society is just not realizing it yeah. yet like that. Yeah, yeah. On paper, we have. I think we're quite we're quite good at the moment, especially in how developed countries um, like Germany and stuff like that. I think we are on paper. We've gone quite far, even if you if it's just like been in the late seventies that a woman can open up her own bank account and stuff like that. So some stuff is really new. Um, but on paper, we're good. But we're living all still not in a world where it's like reality. Or sometimes, even if you look at careers, and if I'm talking to um, uh, woman my age we all say the, at the starting point we didn't realize there was any difference because we're all starting out passionate in our jobs and it was just like we're probably just used to that there weren't your guys around or we didn't think about it but over the years we really realized that, okay there is a difference there is a difference in perception um, if you look thinking about startups there's a difference about how many people found a startup and if they get funding and stuff like that in a deeper level there is no equality on paper it is which is first of a big step but on reality there isn't. Uh, Barbara, thank you so much for the explanation. I think it makes it a lot clearer for everybody um, where feminism is about and where the society at the moment um, stands. I also liked the idea about the the other attributes of a human being, not only men and uh, women, but also are you a nerd? Are you yeah. alpha male? Are you interested in uh, Lego? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. And so I think we also should celebrate the the other differences and um, bring it all together to maybe like a, you need it in teams that you have all yeah. different qualities. And yeah, but also, of course, uh, male, female, is it's also still there and uh, needs to be addressed. 
Then, yeah, it yeah. should be still there. So it should also be there, but also to see the differences in every kind of thing. A good team just depends on if you how how diversity you are. I love the idea that feminism is about one aspect to go to an equal but diverse society. That was like like my little dream in my little heart. <laughs> <laughs> and also, don't forget the LGBT, LGBT yeah. part of it. Um, the fact that gender on itself like women male that it's sort of like disappearing and the line is becoming vaguer yeah and society's accepting it more and more but it's also becoming more extreme in ways it's showing itself yeah and you always i think we have we have to go to that phase of um extreme before we have go to i think it's always in society you have to go to extreme where it's in your face and then after it's in your face it's kind of getting normal um <laughs> yeah it's like always the same it's always the same yeah <laughs> yeah it's like the, the hype moment, cycle <laughs> yeah it's the hype cycle and of course there is that and i think it's it's, it's i think it's a great discussion to to break even break open the the gender stigma on that that's not only two genders there are even more and more diversity on that and i'm thinking okay that i think it's cool i think it's so cool to see that that we have a generation who's who for them it's totally normal that we have gay marriage how cool is that if there was a child that was not normal it, and it's i think that's so great to see that as their new normal that's i think that's a, that's that's a hell of a accomplish we made till now <laughs> that's true um, um, do they also have tax advantages or not um, now with a real gay marriage in germany we have yes now they have it but um yeah <laughs> i don't know about the other countries but now at the moment they think after the real gay marriage thing i think they have that. is there also a gay married marriage for non-gays that would be i cool. don't <laughs> have a clue i think we will see that over the next years <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Um, all right. So, um, do you have any questions, Alba, or not? Uh, no. Yeah, um, I actually want to finish this part up with a funny story regarding um, two uh, heterosexual men in the Netherlands who decided to get married um, to avoid um, taxes. So, what they did is they they got married and they both had a house. The other one wanted. Um, but in the Netherlands, you have to pay tax if you buy a house from somewhere else. What did they do? They got married, um, and on day two, they divorced. And what happened is they, in the way they divorced, they simply swapped the houses to afford the tax. Um, and yeah, the, the church obviously <coughs> thought through that and um, didn't allow it in the end. Uh, but yeah, just a funny little story of how people try to use this kind of stuff as well, like loophole-wise. Yeah, but on the other thing, I think if people start using it as loopholes, it's kind of a normal because like that thing would happen years ago also. Come on, let's get married like for taxi reason. I think that's kind of, even if it's silly to do stuff like that, <laughs> probably it's a way to the new normal. Who knows? <laughs> uh, wow. So, so Barbara, to, to transition into um, the next topic, um, uh, we would like to talk a little bit about coaching um, mm -hmm. and how to get in. But we all know that at the moment, uh, coaching is a really popular and crowded space. A lot of people are doing it at the moment. And um, yeah, the good part is it makes um, there, there's a really uh, big supply of coaches with a whole variety of different disciplines mm. and prices. Um, and we would like to ask, what kind of tips could you give to coaches like today who would like to start their business? And where should they focus on? Where can they get started? 
Um, if you want to start any kind of business and especially a coaching business is, um, first of all, like for every business, don't think about a solution, think a problem people have and try to find a solution for that. Um, it's, that's like one of the basic rules. If you ever find a company, find a problem and a solution, not only a solution without a problem. Um, that's one thing I see at the coaching market is at the moment, there are many coaches coming into the market and they think they have a solution, but people don't have that problem. So that's going to be a failure. So first of all, it's like that. It's easy like that. But first of all, think about, do people really have a problem? Um, and do I have a solution for that problem? So first of all, that. And also, you have to be realistic on if you do going into coaching, um, like in any business, there is just one thing that makes you money. And that's how you get to the money is like doing really marketing and sales. And um, if you um, not... Uh, open um, just to do it. Um, don't think about it as being good at it because that's a learning process. You can learn that. But if you like um, thinking that um, you open up a coaching business and people will find you suddenly out of because it's a Monday morning and they think it's a good idea to Google for I don't know what, that's never going to happen. So be realistic that if you want to start out in coaching, it's a business and business makes money that you have a marketing and sales side. And even if you probably don't know what to do, you have to be open to do it. So that's like one of the biggest points. Wow. And would you suggest for somebody who starts out to like try to do everything themselves, like develop the website, do marketing, or would you say find somebody off Fiverr or Upwork and outsource it? Um, I would say um, start with um, a really old school approach. <laughs> I know I'm really old school. I'm, I'm getting that all the time. But um, start with an old school approach. Um, ask people around pitching your idea, not the solutions they have, but pitching around, talk to the people around you. And if you ever get a feeling about the people around you, then think about what you have to do. And I would go always like, I'm, a, I'm loving everything lean. Why start with a website? Start with the Facebook side or start with a simple thing, even with a side like fiber or stuff like that. Just start out with global. Don't, don't throw too much money at, at the first place. Um, and if you have like a testing case, you know, like in startup world with the more technical stuff, we always do these MVPs, minimal viable products. Um, I would say do just do use cases. So that's like the, the service point uh, to MVPs. Um, just try to, to do it lean. Um, the, the most um, problem I see is normally um, they get early on a text consultant and they, that's typical German and they get early on a website which costs in the thousands. That's not a good use of money because you don't know enough about your future customers at the, mo at the starting point and you're not really into understanding. You have to learn that, that you have to speak in the world of your customer and your clientele and then the first rounds you just talk about what you have developed. You talk about yourself, not about the other people. And talking about yourself don't get you customers but it's the normal starting point so start out lean do do the stuff necessary what's necessary to build up a business by yourself and as soon as you see what works and not works and not um, think about a mormon's a b split test that's not what i mean just talk to people and as soon as you have that then you can go and spend money um, on the things necessary but do it plain and simple just probably grab up some theme um smash on a wordpress build up or a facebook site and look at getting some traction and to see where it goes from there then you're good to go and of course talk to people and probably um get them to talk about with you about what you're doing well, Barbara, thank you so much for that 
advice. Um, I think we all know many people who would love to start a coaching business, but and don't know. I think Barbara's website is still on Tumblr. You know, she she hasn't yeah. thrown any money on a, on a real website. No, that's not true. I have a real website and that's one of the best and most spread consulting website ever known to mankind. I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have, um, but it, I still is, it is still, I have the website, which is my normal, it's like a really fancy landing page, which, uh, which is drawn and you find unicorns and cash and books on it. No joke. And a pink elephant. <laughs> But in the background, it's still that Tumblr blog. And all, all, that question will always come up, why I didn't change that? Um, I have to change it um, at the moment. I think I have to do some new regulation stuff. I think I have to change it. But I'm always wanted to show that you can do a Tumblr site. And I started all the Tumblr site. And back in like two years ago or three years ago, I put up the Transing Landy page which is just showing, showing you that I'm not a normal, normal consultant. And, but the, the background is still running on Tumblr and it works. You don't have to put money in that. That's true. <laughs> so just get a Tumblr side and put it on and it works. It's no joke. Cool. <laughs> That's and why I still have my uh, Tumblr side. <laughs> I have been on the, on the page, but can't find the boobs. Where, where are they gone? You have, if you're really on the, not on the Tumblr side, but on the normal Barbara minus um, Lumble.de and okay. not on your mobile phone. You have to use the desktop version. I'm very sorry for that. That okay. we're just changing. That yeah. then you have to scroll down and then you find the books and the unicorn and the elephant and a cake and a lap. It's really oh. cool. I think cool. I'm also in the cake. I would yeah. like our listeners um, now to go to the website and find the boobs. So yeah, that's the the also the challenge for, for the upcoming Easter that they yeah. also find the eggs and they don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now we'll have to add a little little tag to the podcast. Guys, um, look out for the language, etc. etc. <laughs> yeah, that sometimes happens with me. I'm, I'm, I'm one stage, I was trying to, you know, the topic, I'm really getting into that topic. It was like, oh, also about financial independence and women and stuff like that. Um, um, you have to know, I'm, I'm probably start cursing. I hope that's fine with you because I'm, <laughs> if I really get into it, I'm really, really cursing. It's awful with me because when, so I get so into it and then they're throwing around, um, yeah, these F-bombs. Barbara, <laughs> <laughs> all good. And we really love your um, input in it. Um, and the advice you just gave, we feel it, it can really be applied to all businesses, yeah. not just coaches. Um, That's how it um, sounds to me. Um, so to sort of wrap up um, the questions we've got, we, we still got a few on. Yeah. Um, in terms of books, are there any books you, at the top of your mind, would like to recommend to like any person to read? Okay. If we are on the business side, really read, read The Mum Test, if you didn't read it. Um, it's by, oh, now we're getting, I'm always citing him wrong. It's Fitzpatrick or so, The Mum Test. It's really, it's, it's a startup classic. It's about how, what ask, uh, questions you should ask before you develop something. It's based really a little bit old school in the app world. It's funny to call the app world old, um, old but um, it is. But it's a really, really excellent uh, book. And I'm still recommending it hardly. So every customer of mine had to, has to read it. So the mum test. Mm -hmm. And um, what I'm just reading at the moment and which I'm also encouraging like everybody to read it is Graded Work. I really love that book. It's by Martin T. Hansen. It came out just January 2018. And it's how top performers do less work better and achieve more. And it's a really, really, really good book. And don't be um, like clingy because like that title I heard a thousand times before. Yeah, 
But there's a but in it. Martin T. Hansen did an exquisite study and a really, really good data analytics. You see my heart for data analytics, which I also looked up. I also got the original study. I wrote in my mail. I got the original study. So that's cool. Extra points for him. And it's um, it's a great book. It's really a good book. If you And it's also a book you can read if you um, have a business or if you um, still um, just in corporate world. And But you can um, enhance your on performance and work less and probably have time for a side project or stuff like that. And I really, I really love that book. It's written very well. Um, and it's, um, it's a really cool book. So that's like my two um, most favorite books at the moment. Okay. Good. Thank you very much for those suggestions. I think our readers or listeners will love those. Um, so to, to wrap this all up and we still have two questions to go. Um, Barbara, where can people find you online? Website, blog, Twitter wise? Okay, you can find me like really everywhere. It's really awful with me. And it's just like you just have to input Barbara and that's Lampel without an E. It's L-A-M-P-L. And like you really find me on Twitter um, with that handle. You can find me on Instagram with that handle. You find me on Facebook um, on my Tumblr page on my web page and even if you Google me the first not only first eight sites but the really first eight sites it's down below on Google is uh, with my name and uh, it's just a little bit different when you want to follow me Instagram is much more on the inspirational business side and if you follow me on Twitter it's much more data and fintech stuff so it's a little bit sprayed over the channels where you find what <laughs> but you really find me like everywhere with my name I <laughs> Are you on Snapchat? No, that's I'm not on Snapchat. <laughs> that's oh, like so the old channel. Old I don't have. <laughs> you're so old school. Um, yeah, oh. I'm so old school. I'm always thinking about getting Snapchat, but I'm a little confused by what should I do then there? What, what would anybody interested to do to be to see me sitting with a book and or with my cup of coffee reading some kind of weird study from I don't know where the hell or looking at me as I do <laughs> so, some of my weird, I'm, I'm in a really cool um, training program program at the moment. I don't think that people are really interested in what I'm doing, so probably no Snapchat for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe you can just post a, pic, post a picture from, from the airport or yeah, coffee. Yeah. I'm, okay, but I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking about new social media platforms. Probably I'm joining Snapchat one day at a time. Who knows? <laughs> If they're not bankrupt by that time, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Barbara, last question. Um, Where would you see yourself in 10 years in terms of career, lifestyle? Um, where will you be? Where will you live? Um, that's a good question. Um, why it's a good question? Because I'm scrambling that through my brain quite often, especially at the moment. Um, 10 years is a little bit hard. I'm thinking more about five years. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had that tagline that I want to be retired at 40. So that's a little bit of a short fit because that's going to happen next year. And I'm not quite sure if I make that deadline. Um, so I aimed it up a little bit to 45. And <laughs> Same for me. Um, Uh, retirement but retirement honestly just means even working more uh, do even more fun stuff than I do already so it's not really I'm not going out of business I don't think that will ever happen um, I don't know if I really I, I, I cannot really think where I'm living in 10 years I love Cologne it's it's really um, home is where the dome is and even I'm a real Munich girl and I love my mountains and stuff like that but it's honestly I love Cologne it's awful with me um, so probably I still we have a home base in Cologne 
Um, but um, because I'm doing so much stuff at the moment, building up um, also scrambling with new ideas about consulting and stuff can be that I'm moving around a little bit more into the world. And it's really depending on where I put my interest more into the data, more into the fintech or into the consulting side, or if I can really combine it over the, over the years to that. But I think I'm still will be one of these people who have a business um, and uh, probably a little bit bigger business than Zao because I'm not really one of these. I don't love to think small. I love to think big. So probably a bigger business, probably sold one. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That could also be a possibility. Um, But I think I'm still, um, I really like the lifestyle I have today. So I'm thinking just improving that and scaling that up and scaling business up. I love to, um, I'm sometimes I'm saying I'm not good at anything, but I can build companies and make them really successful. So I think that's what I'm also doing over the next years again. <laughs> I really love that. I really love to do that. It's, it's so much fun if you help people build up their own business or scaling it up. And, and especially the clientele I work with, it's, they're so passionate and so enthusiastic about what they do. It's a, it's a great pleasure to see that. So um, I also I got the yeah. impression that you got really fun what you're doing. And yeah. so why stopping that? Maybe, maybe, yeah. you could, Jay, maybe um, if you're a little bit older, you can do more volunteering and not maybe working for the money, but on the other hand side, people should maybe also pay some money for your service. So, yeah, but I think that's like the way where it goes. Like, um, I think one big goal I have is really, um, to set up really another small, but a big fund to found, um, to, 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 um, offer more funding for cool diversity startups, not only for female startups, but also for uh, startups with a diverse team, um, whatever diversity means. Um, that's really one goal I'm working towards to setting up a real cool fund where you like, um, really like fund companies with diversity teams. And, um, I don't know, that's one, one of my big goals over the next 10 years. So <laughs> we came up with a final last question. Barbara, is there, if there's any advice you could give to, uh, listeners in terms of life career, what would it be? It can be anything you can think about. <laughs> Oh God, one good advice. Um, <laughs> okay, hmm, that's a hard one because... Um, It's so random. About, <laughs> <laughs> no, what about... Um, I, 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 um, I just um, gave you that book tip, Graded Work. And there is one section in it. I have to look it up exactly. So give me a second because it's lying next to my table. So I can look it up to tell you no bullshit. It's, um, they have a script in it um, where it's said passion means purpose. And um, I think if you read that, there is also the, um, what I think is about, what you have to think about is impact. If there's one thing, um, it's not about, in my world, it's not about only doing passionate thing and stuff like that. So follow your passion and your dreams and you'll be happy. I don't think that's true. But if you think about impact, what impact you can have on other people's life, then you make a change. You can make a change just like an impact on your little world because like you good dad or good mom, then you're also making an impact. But thinking about more or making an impact then you make other decisions and impact has a hell lot of to do with value. And if you make an impact, there's value. And there's a funny thing, money, don't follow passion or stuff like that. 
that's not true. But money follows value. If you um, through impact generate value, um, then you have a. I think you can have a great life, and you have a can can great have great success and a great career and money. So focus on impact. What impact you can have on other people, and if we all would do that, I think the world would be a much better place. That well, sounds right. yeah true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much um, for all the wisdom you're bringing into this podcast. You're very welcome. <laughs> So, thank yeah. you for being our first um, guest on the podcast. So, thank you so much for being your first. That's kind of exciting. Yes, um, <laughs> let's see when we can publish. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it takes maybe a couple of weeks. Um, all right. So, thank you for being here, and um, see you hopefully next time. I think yeah. um, there there are podcasts you need to listen to in in double speed because it's talking so slow. But I think there's no adjustment necessary now. In this podcast. yeah, probably Barbara talks a little bit. It's faster than the rest. That can be. <laughs> the rest can think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>